We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The City Museum has a new owner. It was announced a few days ago that a downtown landmark has been sold. The new owner is Premier Parks LLC, based in Oklahoma City, which operates entertainment venues across the country and in Canada. Apparently, not much will change, but we thought it would be a good time to look back over the museum's two decades, what the museum means to St. Louis, and what Premier brings to the table. Joining me in studio is City Museum Director Rick Irwin. Rick, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Is the transaction complete? It is complete, yeah. We're now meeting with their marketing team. The CEO will be in tomorrow to kind of meet with our our general staff and let them know. I mean, this was a surprise to everybody. Staff did not know that we were going through this process. You included? No, I was aware. Okay. Okay. Uh, what was the cash price? There was no price. And in fact, uh, City Museum and the building were donated to charity. So then the charity sold City Museum. That charity will then uh, work with families and kids. So the good of City Museum has then blossomed into something else that will continue to grow. All right. Well, that's really nice to hear. And that's something quite different, uh, yeah. actually, isn't it? What's going to change, if anything? So nothing as that our public will see other than maybe you'll get in the museum faster, um, <laughs> probably better website, maybe an app, um, things that City Museum didn't do. We're very good at building slides and caves, but technology mm. is not at a forefront. So that's what Premier Parks brings. They bring that experience on ticket sales and other things so we can get more people in and, and just – spread the joy of City Museum. You talk about getting in and out faster. There there was a port, uh, report recently by one of the television stations saying that there is a question about uh, meeting safety standards there. Is that uh, is that a valid report? No. I, I, I Premier Parks 1 is all about safety, and City Museum has been all about safety mm. since its beginning. And when I came in 2006, that's where we started. We send our employees, uh, the crew that builds, to playground safety training, um, we we follow building codes and everything. So, no, it's not. Uh, there are some liability lawsuits out there, though. Correct, as yeah. any playground would have. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of activity, a lot of motion there. So people are going to fall and sprain their ankle and that sort of thing, I guess. Yes, sir. We had 800,000 guests last year. Yeah, 800,000. Yeah. Is this going to be, do you think, a template for premier, perhaps uh, establishing city museum type of properties in other parts of the country? Without a doubt. I think I think that's why Premier was very attracted to us. They wanted to have a piece of City Museum in their other parts. It's not to bring theme parks into City Museum. Mm-hmm. We What we do, we do very well. And there are a lot of people that come, a lot of museums that come visit me every month to find out how we do what we do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Premier Parks wants to take pieces of us and put them in their other places. Give me some sense of how the City Museum has evolved over over the 20 years that it's been in existence? Oh, so, well, when I started with City Museum in 2006, I mean, we were about 300,000 guests. And like I just said, we just hit 800,000. Um, we were floors one through three. Now we're one through four on the roof. Um, back in the day, you know, it was Bob Castley. We had Bob Castley and Gail Castley to thank for City Museum, all the original board of directors that got us through that nonprofit status. During that time, it was Bob's vision. It was what Bob wanted to build. And now we're a collective. We use Bob's old crew. We work together. We make decisions. And, and some of them are honestly better artists in some areas 
than Bob. What they've done now is amazing. And so they've stepped forward. And so that is one of the areas I'm, I'm most proud of is what we've allowed for our staff to advance through the museum and our crew to build. Tell us a little more about Bob Cassidy. There are probably people in the audience who don't know much about him. He's been gone for a few years now. Sure. Bob, Bob was larger than life, literally larger than life. He, he grew up in St. Louis in Webster Groves. Uh, he went to Fontbonne. Uh, acclaimed artist. He's actually the guy that saved the Pieta in 1972 from Laszlo Toth. Um, That's a great story in and of itself. I mean, he was there at the museum when this was happening. Yeah, he's the guy that climbed up uh, Mary and in, in, in grabbed Laszlo by the beard and fell back in the crowd. And I think he was like 19 at the time mm-hmm. on his honeymoon, his first wet marriage, and he thought he was going to get arrested. Yeah. So he snuck out from the Swiss Guard. So Bob has built a number of things around St. Louis. Outside the Galleria, there's the lights, there's Turtle Park in Webster Groves. We have uh, the spinny chairs that are apples. Often you'll see these huge um, apple or um, huge toads throughout St. Louis in front of houses. Those are Bob. Mm -hmm. And then around the country, I mean, he he built the giraffe outside the Dallas Zoo. Central Park has the hippos, which we just got back, and they have new ones. So he's a very well-known artist, and he started St. City Museum downtown, and it just grew organically out of his head. It just these different attractions and building and building until it got so big that he needed to open it. And of course, he died tragically while uh, preparing the groundwork, literally the groundwork uh, for yet another attraction. Correct. Cementland in North St. Louis. It's not happening? Not that I'm aware of. His widow has control of it. We haven't spoken to her in years. Right. What, uh, what do you think you'll be able to do now aside from the things you mentioned earlier with regard to ticketing and and, uh, technology that uh, you couldn't do before? I think we'll, of course, hit a a larger audience. But, I mean, again, I think we'll keep promoting the artists to Mm. to build. And and what it's allowed us to do is if we have other parks, we can have access to maybe Mm. things that we don't know about. I've always wanted a a see-through slide on the exterior of the building, and that takes a a clear acrylic. Mm -hmm. Well, there are water parks now that might have something like that that we can use. Or just technology that we haven't used, but I think we can do bigger and better projects. Uh, Premier is set for us to expand throughout the building. Can you expand? I mean, how much space do you have there to expand? It looks pretty jammed full to me. The building itself is 620,000 square feet. City Museum is only occupying floors one, two, three, and half of four. Five and six will be left as residential. So we essentially could have seven, eight, nine, and 10. And more space on the roof, another 30000 and, and you mentioned a water feature. I mean, that's something that has been talked about a lot down there. Is that, is that possible in a building of that age? It is possible. There's, there's different ways in new technology that you can um, counter set the, the weight of the water. But, yeah, Bob wanted, originally wanted to do a water park on the roof. There's an early model uh, with the trash can lid as the planetarium and stuff that shows the slide coming through the building. Is there... Any possibility to think of doing something like a franchise of City Museum? I and mean, talk about taking aspects of it uh, to other places. I think without a doubt. I mean, we have been asked, we've had cities approach us to bring a City Museum to their location. We've been very selective. I mean, St. Louis is important. This is our home, and this is number one priority. So this is it. But we've looked at it, and so I think we will continue to look at it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's certainly something to be looking at. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, of uh, your future plans, you've given me some idea of what you want to do. What do you want to do that you can't do? Oh, what that I can't do? Yeah. Um, there's really 
I've never put a limitation on anything I can't do. I mean, the guys that build there can come up with some of the most amazing things in ingenious ways. I can't think of anything that we've ever thought of that we haven't, that we've been told no. When you do come up with an idea or for a change, how do you put that into effect? Is it a, is it a group decision? Is it your decision? It's, it's a group decision. So basically, I'm looking at spaces and how people flow throughout the museum and then also attractions as like travel the world and the country to learn about things. And then it's the same with the, the guys and even any anybody on our staff, housekeeping, anybody can come up and present an idea. We'll talk about it. If it's a good fit, we'll discuss it. Sometimes you'll talk to our crew and you'll be like, hey, I want to do kind of a netting climber over here. In an hour or two, they've got a model built mm-hmm. of an idea. And so we'll look at that, we'll prove it, and then we just start from there. What role would Premier play uh, in all of this? They are saying they're going to take a back seat. This is our park to run, our attraction, and they are just an overall that will give us the financial support and the abilities we need. We always think of the City Museum in connection with kids and a lot of the things that the kids can do, but uh, it's it's quite an attraction for adults as well. I, yeah, I have to admit, my first date with my wife was there. She took me there long before I, I worked at City Museum. Um, and yeah, we're open to midnight on uh, Friday and Saturday nights, so we do see a lot of older kids and adults. You are pretty excited about all of this? I am. I, I think we have a good possibility, good opportunities here um, to, to expand what we're doing, to give more opportunities to our staff. So I, I am excited. Well, it's something that uh, we're going to be watching very, very closely to make sure that uh, Premier doesn't come in here and make a lot of change to this attraction. That is my role is to protect it. So yeah. that's what I will do. Well, well, give me more of an indication of what your role is as, as director. As director, I oversee the day-to-day operations. So I, a lot of my time is spent with the build crew kind of coming up with ideas. And then um, I'll oversee the building, which I've been doing for a while because we still have other floors that have tenants in it. So I'll oversee that. Yeah. I've, I've been to wedding receptions there. I mean, there, there are other uses for the, some of the floors in that building. Yeah. Bar mitzvahs, weddings, graduations, parties. We do it all. All right. I have a, uh, a, uh, an email here or a tweet from Gillian from uh, Lindenwood, Lindenwood Professor. Right, City Museum is a world-class act. It was sold on moving to St. Louis thanks to a tour of the place by a discerning Wash U writer. The museum is the envy of devoted Londoners and Seattleites I've hosted. And I am sure it will lure people to our fair city. Don't change a thing. I think we've already answered that question. I'll do everything I can. It's, it's mine to mess up, so. You're not going to do that. I will not. Rick Irwin, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again as uh, this whole thing progresses. Thank you very thank, much. Thank you so much. Rick Irwin is the director of the City Museum. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.